0: And we don't want to distort your word, and we don't want to add to it or take away from it. So I just pray that you would guide us in both the speaking and the hearing, and that the Spirit of God would be pleased to guide us in all these things, and we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, I'm just going to spend a few minutes this morning. I'd like to talk mainly about courage and fear. So whichever one you think you relate to. But first let me give you a, uh, a little story that for anybody that thinks they've had a, uh, a bad day or a bad week, you need to consider the testimony of this particular person as he attempts to explain an accident to his insurance company. And he begins by saying, I'm writing in response to your request for additional information. In block number three of the accident reporting form, I put poor planning as the cause of my accident. You said in your letter that I should explain more and I trust that the following details are sufficient. I'm a bricklayer by trade. On the day of the accident, I was working alone on the roof of a new six-story building. When I completed my work, I discovered that I had about 500 pounds of bricks left over. Rather than carry the bricks down by hand, I decided to lower them in a barrel by using a pulley, which fortunately was attached to the side of the building at the sixth floor. Securing the rope at the ground level, I went up to the roof, swung the barrel out, and loaded the bricks into it. Then I went back to the ground and untied the rope, holding it tightly to ensure a slow descent of the 500 pounds of bricks. You will note in block number 11 of the accident reporting form that I weigh 175 pounds. Due to my surprise at being jerked off the ground so suddenly, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded at a rather rapid rate up the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming down. This explains the fractured skull and broken collarbone. Slowed only slightly, I continued my rapid ascent not stopping until the fingers of my right hand were two knuckles deep into the pulley. Fortunately, by this time, I had regained my presence of mind and was able to hold tightly to the rope in spite of my pain. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of bricks hit the ground, and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Devoid of the weight of the bricks, the barrel now weighed approximately 50 pounds i refer you again to my weight and block number 11. As you might imagine, I began a rapid descent down the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming up. This accounts to the two fractured ankles and lacerations of my legs and lower body. The encounter with the barrel slowed me enough to lessen my injuries when I fell into the pile of bricks Unfortunately, fortunately, only three vertebrae were cracked. I'm sorry to report, however, that as I lay there on the bricks in pain, unable to move, and watching the barrel six stories above, I again lost my presence of mind. I let go of the rope. So, do you think you're having a bad day? It's nothing compared to this guy. Courage and fear. You know, it doesn't make really any sense at all to speak about courage without talking about fear because it doesn't take any courage to do something if you're not afraid of it. So fear is a necessary element of showing courage. One man has said that courage is one step ahead of fear. And a couple of definitions from Webster's 1828 Dictionary says, courage comes from the Latin word core, meaning heart. And it's that quality of mind which enables me to encounter danger and difficulties with firmness or without fear or depression of spirit. And fear is a painful emotion or passion excited by an expectation of evil or the apprehension of impending danger. In the third chapter of Deuteronomy, Moses is speaking to Joshua. And this is just prior to Israel entering the promised land. And in Deuteronomy chapter 31, the first eight verses read like this. So Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I'm no longer able to come and to go. And the Lord has said to me, You shall not cross this Jordan. It is the Lord your God who will cross ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you shall dispossess them. Joshua is the one who will cross ahead of you just as the Lord has spoken. The Lord will do this, will do to them just as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to their land when he has destroyed them. The Lord will deliver them up before you, and you shall do to them according to all the commandments which I have commanded you. And then he says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Then Moses called to Joshua and said to him in the sight of Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with his people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. And you shall give it to them as an inheritance. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Be strong and courageous. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. In the first chapter of Joshua, the Lord gives Joshua the same message. He says, Be strong and courageous in verse 6 and in verse 7 he says, Be strong and be very Courageous, And then in verse 9, he says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Before David dies, he gives this message, this instruction to Solomon. He says, Be strong therefore and show yourself a man he tells him to keep the Lord's statutes, to keep his commandments, to keep his testimonies. He tells him to walk in God's ways. So he says, Solomon, you want to be a man? Obey the word of God. Don't waver. Be strong. Be steadfast in your convictions. In Second Chronicles, the Assyrians have invaded Judea. And Hezekiah, the king of Judah, gathers his military people around him in the square of the city, and he says this in 2 Chronicles 32. In 2 Chronicles 32, verses 7 a Hezekiah tells his military people, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be dismayed because the king of Assyria will because of all the horde that is with him. For the one with us is greater than the one with him. With him is only an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rallied on the words of Hezekiah, King of Judah. And then we've got Paul's word to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 16 13 is a very short verse. Paul is giving words to the Corinthian church as he departs. He says, Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith act like men be strong final instructions to the Corinthians and as many of you know the church in Corinth was a mess Corinth was a mess many people there were associated with the pagan culture and they had assimilated a lot of the pagan ideas into the church it all crept in and they were corrupted in a lot of ways they considered themselves the church people better than some people in the church better than other people in the church and they Paul was also addressing the matters of the bodily resurrection unity in the church marriage and a lot of different things And these words that he gives them, again, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Every one of them are military terms. And they are spoken in a tense that means they are a continuing pattern that's supposed to characterize your life. It's not a one-time thing. Be on the alert means be on guard. And this term is used almost two dozen times in the New Testament. And many times it has to do with Christ's return. In Matthew it says, Therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. And another place in Matthew 25 it says, Be on the alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. Paul says in the 20th chapter of Acts that he knows when he departs, savage wolves are going to come into the church, and many of them from the inside. Even from your own selves, speaking perverse things. Therefore, he says, be on the alert. In 1 Timothy, Paul says, "Pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching, Timothy. Persevere in these things for as you do this you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. And secondly he says stand firm in the faith. Notice he does not say stand firm in faith he says stand firm in the faith. It's important when the articles are there. It's what Jude calls the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. It's standing firm in the truth revealed in Jesus. Earlier in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul told the Corinthians that they were saved by the gospel he preached to them if they held firmly to it. In Corinth, there were a lot of people that thought the most important thing was how they believed, how they acted, not what they believed. And Paul is writing to correct them. Then Paul says, act like men. The King James Version says, be strong. Literally, it means conduct yourself in a courageous way, it means stand up and be counted. It means don't turn and hide. And there's also a second meaning, especially in 1 Corinthians. It's the idea of being a man, not a boy. Being an adult, not a child. You know, it's sad when a man acts like a coward. And it's also sad when a man acts like a child. Listen to Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 2. He says, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but worldly. Mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Later in verse 14, he says, Brothers, stop thinking like children. and regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults and then Paul says be strong stay the course keep up the fight as long as the fight is going on as long as it's needed real battles whether they're physical battles or spiritual battles rarely last one day they're normally long term don't give up stay strong You know, it's interesting that this particular command, the only one out of the four, is isn't a passive voice, and what that mean is, means is you're not strong in yourself. Your strength comes from outside of you. It doesn't come from your own ability. It's something that's outside of you. It means the strength is the Lord's, not ours. Remember what Paul says to the Ephesians? when he calls Christians to put on the armor of God. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, I don't think I have to tell anybody, certainly obvious to all, that Christians, that the church needs to pay close attention to what Paul is saying here. You know, if you're to the left of center, you think the right is crazy. And it's going to destroy us. If you're on the left, or you think, excuse me, if you're on the right, you're convinced that the left is destroying every moral value that we've got. If you watch the news, you look at the internet, you listen to friends, you're quite certain that at any time, your doom is coming. Your mind gets captured by these imminent threats. You know, we hear comments like uh, the economy is going to collapse any day now. Terrorism could strike us at any moment. The only thing that might stop the terrorists is an epidemic of bird flu or swine flu, or maybe the plague will get them. But all of that really might not matter because global warming is going to flood everything, so you don't have to worry (laughs) about that anyway. It'll probably get us first. And we've always got the latest research that says most of the food that we eat is poisonous and will kill us in no time. You know, with all this information, it's surprising that there are any lab rats or chimpanzees left to run experiments <laughs> on. <laughs> so how do we deal with all this doomsday, all this media induced paranoia? Maybe an example from the church, from church history, might give us some instructions. Augustine in the fourth and fifth century when he lived. And this was at a time when Alaric, the Hun, and his hordes invaded Rome. And they captured it and entered it and destroyed it. And this was the beginning of the end of the western part of the Roman Empire. And as the refugees from Rome fled in many places, so many of them went to northern Africa, Alexandria, Hippo, and places like this, And they were bringing all kinds of ominous reports with them. And so many of them were even going so far as to blame Christians for the fall of Rome. And Augustine, Augustine wrote his classic work, The City of God, to respond to the crisis that was going on and to what people were saying. And one of the quotes from his book addresses the fearfulness of the people that were coming. And he encourages Christians that are surrounded on every side by danger, saying, Among the daily chances of this life, every man on earth is threatened in the same way by innumerable deaths. And it is uncertain which of them will come to him. And so the question is whether it is better to suffer one death in dying or to fear them all in living. So this is a person that strongly believes in the sovereignty of God, Augustine. And he knew there was no point in being fearful about all the dangers that were surrounding him because he knew God was in control and that nothing could happen to him apart from God's will. You know, after Paul said, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, he added one more thought in the next verse. He said, let all that you do be done in love. So we've got to be strong in the Lord, firm in the faith, watchful, vigilant, not wavering, but we have to be loving too. You know, I don't know how many times i said it. I really haven't counted them. But it seems like almost every time Jesus saw somebody, he said, fear not. And the only way to fear not is to abide in Jesus. John sixteen thirty three says, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I've overcome the world. Let's pray. Lord, I don't know how anybody can be strong and courageous and fear not. Without knowing you. Because the things of this world, apart from you or terrifying but with you Lord when we know that you never leave us you never forsake us when we know that you're our strength and our rock and our high tower then we can rest and we can be courageous because you have taken the fear and showed us that the only real fear is the fear of the Lord And it's not a fear that causes us to run because you tell us, Lord, you say, Come into me. And how in the world are we going to come into a God that we're terrified of if that's the meaning? But the meaning is to be in awe of your majesty, your glory, and to love you so much and know that you are so worthy and so glorious and so absolutely other, other than we are, and other in a perfect, absolutely wonderful way. And it's because of this that we just bow before you, and we give you thanks for your Son, who is the one that uh, takes away our fear as we abide in Him. Amen. Thank okay. you.